calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello and welcome to this episode of Take 15. I'm Lauren Foster, Content Director at CFA Institute, and joining me today is Andrea Turner-Moffat. Andrea is co-founder of Plum Alley Investments, a private investment platform that supports promising women entrepreneurs. She's also the author of the book, Harness the Power of the Purse, Winning Women Investors. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, help set the stage for our viewers uh, in terms of venture funding. How much was invested in 2016? What is getting funded? And, and perhaps most importantly, who is making the decisions? Great question. And actually, I think a very, very important question. Um, you know, a lot of research has been put out. Um, and in fact, the number for 2016 that is cited is about $69 billion of capital was deployed um, uh, by venture capitalists. And in fact, you know, venture firms broadly. But the reality is that the composition of venture firms is pretty homogeneous. In fact, we've done some analysis and there's a lot that's been written publicly and, and research put out that more than 90% of venture partners um, are white men. And so there's not a tremendous amount of diversity really deciding how we are deploying that $69 billion of capital. Uh, and that has implications in terms of what gets funded and who gets funded. Uh, important things in, in, from an innovative innovation perspective are getting funded as it pertains to artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning, then you know VR, AR, uh, and new areas of Bitcoin, et cetera. I can go on. You know, certainly a lot of areas of innovation. But when you look at who gets funded, unfortunately, the 69 billion that was deployed, you know, less than 10% of venture funding is going to women entrepreneurs. And the reality is that the majority, you know, of, of venture funding is going to all male-founded teams. And so when we look at the implications of that, the, that that really means that we don't have diverse voices at the table deciding what's getting funded, and we also don't have a lot of diversity innovating in terms of what kind of products and services we're bringing into the world. So why are women entrepreneurs as a group not receiving funding, and why does this become a pernicious problem over time? Sure. Well, it's complex. Um, you know, most big problems are, uh, but when you have, um, you know, 90% of $69 billion going to a, a pretty homogeneous group of people, it has a compounding effect. Uh, what are the big barriers? Well, I would say the biggest issue is access to capital and, more importantly, access to network. It is a very small community of venture capital firms and, and a growing network of other vehicles to invest in early stage companies. But the reality is that 90% 90, 90 of venture funds are actually all, all male um, and typically white male. So uh, there's you know, a lot of effort out there, but I think there's a lot of work to be done to diversify 
those in decision-making seats deciding, you know, where capital is going and in, in, in reality also deciding what innovations are getting funded. And so it has a compounding effect because those companies that get funding and are successful and have some liquidity event or exit end up usually becoming early, early stage investors in new innovative companies um, and, you know, themselves can benefit from investing early stage in that asset class. Now, you're working to change the dynamic that you just described. Plum Alley says it's dedicated to advancing women and gender-balanced teams. How so? Yeah, so Plum Alley, I co-founded uh, just about two years ago, Plum Alley Investments with my partner, Deborah Jackson. Um, we are very committed to uh, providing better access to capital for women entrepreneurs with a focus on companies really at the Series A stage level. Um, and is, Plum Alley is designed as a membership model, so women and men join Plumalia's members uh, to be able to have access to invest in the companies that we bring forward, which are curated, um, and we focus on not only getting more capital to women um, and gender-diverse founded teams, but we also focus on diversifying the, those that get access to investing in early-stage companies alongside venture capital funds, um, which we've uh, done over the past two years. So a two-pronged question. How do you evaluate whether someone's idea is strong enough to invest in? And how about the founders themselves? I read that you've backed scientists, teachers, medical doctors, a Chinese math Olympian. What makes a founder stand out? Sure. Great question. Well, um, evaluating early-stage companies is certainly, there's not a science, it's a bit more of an art, but we focus um, specifically at Plum Alley on companies that have traction. So these are not ideas on a napkin. These are companies that are generally raising between 3 and $10 million, again, at that Series A stage level, um, plus or minus. So these companies have some level of traction. But at this point in the game for early-stage companies, the founder is critical, um, as you've pointed out. And so you know, one thing that we uh, are proud of, to be honest with you, is that we have been able to find and fund really remarkable female founders. And these are companies that are solving big problems in the world, whether it's machine learning and artificial intelligence around hiring efficiencies, um, or we recently invested in a company that is an education technology company. Um, that um, entrepreneur is actually a company called Think Serca, and the founder, Eileen uh, Murphy, um, was a teacher and in fact ran, pretty much ran innovation for Chicago Public Schools. So she had a tremendous amount of background, passion around the problem she was solving, but was uniquely positioned given her expertise and the team she built around herself. And so I think making sure that whatever the problem is that the company is solving is a big opportunity, but also that the founder and the team put in place is uniquely positioned to, um, to really solve that problem and ensure that there's a good product market fit for the solution that they're bringing to the market. So what are some of the challenges that you have faced as an early stage investor? Well, I think that one of the challenges um, and something that we're very committed to at Plum Alley is getting better access to finding these opportunities. A lot of this is circles around very small networks, um, and that's one of the big values we're trying to bring to members of Plum Alley Investments, is to really break open access for a broader base, again, women and men, to be able to uh, participate and invest in these types of companies, uh, but through a process that's efficient and already pre-screened so that a lot of the work is, is being done. Um, although at the end of the day, our members have an opportunity to pick and choose 
the investments, opt-in or opt-out, which is different than a fund, for example, where um, you know, the decisions are being made by the fund manager. We, we don't operate that way. We actually find opportunities, bring them forward, and let our members decide um, and build more of a personalized custom portfolio in, these, the, in this asset class. Do you think that there are skills and traits that make for a successful early-stage investor? I do. I mean, I think that um, it's important to appreciate where this asset class fits within one's entire wealth portfolio and what that means from a risk and um, you know, um, liquidity perspective. Uh, I think that it's important to really look at the types of companies you want to be investing in, understanding the traction the company's had, but also who else um, has supported or invested in that company. Um, all important pieces that we look at, certainly, as we bring companies forward. So switching gears slightly, I'd love to talk a bit about your book, yeah. um, Harnessing the Power of the Purse, which is based, I believe, on uh, three years of research across six countries. Correct. What were the key takeaways, and what do you think that financial advisors in particular need to understand? Sure. So, yeah, this was research that um, I um, published in partnership with a think tank called the Center for Town Innovation. And the research was actually um, done in collaboration with six big wealth management firms. So three big takeaways. Number one, women are a huge market opportunity. Uh, women in the U.S. Uh, control $11.2 trillion of investable assets. And a significant amount of that is actually sitting on the sidelines. Uh, that being said, women are very much committed and interested in being more engaged as investors. So big takeaway number two, I would say, is that there is tremendous opportunity to better reach and serve women across the entire financial services system. And in fact, one of the things that inspired me to co-found Plumel Investments was that I, I found in, in listening to focus groups and interviews with women who participated in this research, there was massive appetite to have better access to invest in opportunities that really reflected meaning and purpose you know, invest with intentionality. And I think that's particularly true in the private markets, which are a little bit more tangible than in the public equity markets. And I think no matter what asset class that um, and a wealth advisor, for example, may be serving, um, I, that there's just a huge need to better engage clients and have a conversation around how, how you can align one's wealth and, um, and investments with meaning and purpose that they're looking, kind of the agenda they're looking to achieve and advance, um, the types of companies they want to support and invest in. Um, the third piece was, what's the role of diversity? In, in what's the role of um, more, more inclusive culture? And the reality is gender smarts matter. So we found, in fact, that advisors, both male and female advisors, with what we call gender smarts, were much more likely to earn the trust, satisfaction, and loyalty of clients. Um, and we have, in fact, um, a whole third of the book dedicated to what gender smarts look like, how you acquire them, and the behaviors that um, advisors can exhibit to really, again, earn the trust, satisfaction, and loyalty of clients. So picking up on your idea of gender smarts, let's take a step sort of back and look at the financial industry overall. How do we advance gender diversity in the workplace, and how do firms create more inclusive, more welcoming cultures? Well, what's interesting, in fact, we were able to identify these six inclusive behaviors, things like understands me, creates a safe space, or educates me, as it pertains to really engaging clients. And the reality is those inclusive behaviors that really lend themselves to good client management are also similar behaviors that leaders, middle, middle managers, or you know, people running teams of advisors 
need to exhibit to better retain and accelerate women in the business. And in fact, there's tremendous research published by the Center for Talent Innovation that unpacks inclusive behaviors at the leader level and that drive uh, greater innovation, that drive um, and result in better inclusivity um, within teams to really, at the end of the day, drive better market growth and bottom line results for the firm. Andrea, thank you so much for your insights today and thank you for watching. Copyright 2018, CFA Institute, All Rights Reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.